0: oh yes good morning everybody happy friday we finally finally made it to friday we all made it through 420 hope everyone had an amazing 420 because today is friday april 21st and today is national chocolate covered cashews day i never even knew that they had those things national rendering day for all our drawers out there national yellow bat day National Kindergarten Day because, of course, kindergarten is the best grade in all of school. And it's also National Clean Out Your Medicine Cabinet Day because you already got rid of all those pill bottles filled with weed. You might as well get rid of all those old pill bottles filled with pills. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top hand corner of your screen to find out where we live on the internet. And make sure you subscribe to us on all social media platforms. We're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, we're gonna kick this off with the dope dad himself. That's right, it is Rico LeMaitre who was out there at the 420 games yesterday. Bringing Zozo to all of the fun slides and merry-go-rounds and all of that—that's <laughs> right, little young little flower girl. That's right. It is the dope
1: dad himself, Rico
2: meat. Yeah.
1: Happy 421, everybody. Hope you had a great a uh, a great celebration yesterday. Big shout out to Lizzie Jeff. The homegirl coming through last night. Got to hang out at Zen and Kush 7 with Jasmine and um, bring a little uh, non-cannabis aspects into the game as well. So I hope everybody enjoyed your time as much as I did. Uh, so my story comes out of uh, Chicago uh, this week. And um, it's all about NBA players and their investments into the into or potential investments into the cannabis industry. And uh, my question is, uh, could last week's announcement by the National Basketball Association, now allowing their stars to openly invest in legal cannabis businesses be the lifeline that Black operators have been waiting for. Cresco Labs board member, Michelle Roberts, seems to think so. Prior to COVID-19, Black businesses Black business ownership in cannabis was just under 4% as the cannabis industry continued to grow in size and scope. Familiar uh, systemic issues from mainstream America uh, American business ownership echoed and became magnified in cannabis given the green rush's relative smaller size and by um, invisibility. And MJ Biz Daily's latest poll taken in February of this year, 2023, showed Black ownership had shrunken from 4% pre-COVID to less than 2% overall, and as far as legal retail reporting was concerned, fewer than 20 of the nation's 10,000 some odd medical and adult use dispensaries Uh, responding to their survey identified as uh, majority Black-owned. I'm not sure how much of that I personally believe uh, on on the numbers there, but I guess the key word there is majority-owned, but I'll continue. Uh, Black companies have a much tougher time raising capital in in America compared to peers identifying as non-Black racially. One of the biggest reasons is the lack of Black-accredited investor pools with resources on hand to contribute. Add to that cannabis's federal illegality, with black investors unwilling to take on as much risk as their white counterparts. We've seen somewhat of a stalemate between the two sides, with black entrepreneurs in the space often forced to seek funding elsewhere, with groups and individuals unfamiliar and sometimes lacking empathy to their unique struggle. In the current American economic climate, investor capital is drying up for everyone, not just black businesses. So if things continue going as they have, maybe the whole race dynamic won't much matter in the grand scheme of things. However, per Cranes Chicago, Roberts said the new NBA players union contract specifically allows players to invest in cannabis companies. And being the largest group of black millionaires on the planet, they have disposable income and they are being approached and they want to invest. So maybe we'll see a surge in black investment. Roberts' resume may or may not add a little credibility to her claims. Uh, depending on how you view it, but for what it's worth, she was executive director of the NBAPA, the National Basketball Players Association, for eight years, and says she always encouraged players to become investors in companies as a way to prepare financially for life uh, after their playing days are over. She then went on to promote passage of Safe Banking, the Safe Banking Act, which would open up banking and potential investment, a move Roberts predicts would be the biggest catalyst for diversifying ownership. Interesting take indeed, but With legal cannabis's razor-thin profit margins and unpredictability when it comes to laws passing and failing from state to state, municipality to municipality, dictating how, what, when, and where you can operate each aspect of your business, making it tough to scale. My question here is, where we are currently in time, are plant-touching cannabis businesses the type of investment a wealthy individual would deem to be, quote-unquote, a smart investment? investment or will we just see another wave of young rich black pro athletes going broke after being lured into yet another bad business idea my name is we're to meet the dopest dad on the street interested in hearing everybody else's thoughts on it and opinions on this one
0: i mean did this are people just figuring this out that nba players are a
1: source of capital for cannabis this is something new current players current players they opened up their nba pa uh, contract last the story that i covered last week jason <laughs> i understand and, that. I, I, yeah, I i got questions they can do it they mean? can do it they can do it openly now uh, before if it was being done it was mm. not allowed by the, the by their collective bargaining agreement
3: but the current well, one says that they can well they might now have the opportunity to jump in i don't know any financial consultants who would suggest this is a wonderful right. investment opportunity. So Right. We'll see. I, I don't I don't see it being the windfall that they're hoping for. And if these guys are going to invest, they're gonna invest in the big boys who could be a good investment opportunity because like they Resco. can sustain. <laughs> like like they can they're not
0: going to be able to sustain if they don't get those types of investments though gretchen i understand and, but and they're so doing they, better they,
3: than the little guys who've got nothing
0: i disagree on that
3: there are little guys on life support i disagree cresco on can that fi- well people, you can disagree these... all you want cresco has multiple avenues to get more money yeah. i, I little I'm, guys I'm with don't. you on that
0: i'm with you on that part but i will say this you know what the nba stands for right
3: I can't wait to hear this. Never
1: broke
0: again. That's right. Rico never broke again. That is what the NBA stands for. So I think this could be a prime source of capital for the cannabis industry. And you you know what the NFL stands for, right?
3: Hit me. What?
0: Not for long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's Mm -hmm. That's true. And And that's all in references to players and pay. The, the, you know, the average NBA player salary currently is nine point six million dollars.
4: <laughs> they're making nine. so much
1: money off of those big uh, TV deals and off of the China, uh, the, the China contracts. Well, uh, they're rich.
3: Here's another question. For you, Rico. Uh, here's another question for you. If say someone decided, yes, I'm going to invest in a cannabis company, what does that say to other sponsors? If they already have other endorsements, are other companies going to be on board with this? Are they going to jump off of people? Are they going to endanger a deal with Nike or some other major conglomerate to endorse cannabis? I don't think so.
1: I could I could imagine a lot of those major uh, contracts, not so much Nike, but I could see uh, probably, you know, like the beer contract or the alcohol contracts or any pharma uh, contracts, I could see them uh, re-upping. Or restructuring their contracts with the current players, uh, putting a clause in there that they can't do uh, cannabis. They're probably going to dangle a, a monetary carrot in front of them, saying that we will up your contract by X percent if you promise not to talk about or engage in illegal cannabis. I can see that happening. Um, but with the current uh, the contracts that are in place, I don't I don't think there have been any like major reports on like, like clauses like, yo, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um I mean, well, that, that, that I would come
0: that, that would come from a lot more of sponsors that people get as yeah. far as for, you know, more than it would from the actual
1: league.
3: Well, and I could see these places having morality clauses, which are very broad and just say you can't deal with something illegal.
1: I don't know. I mean,
0: uh, it, it's possible. Is there should is, be is a morality? There, there should be a morality clause for gretchen dressing her
1: dogs up in those crazy outfits
4: i think it should be
3: they love it they love it
1: i'm pretty it. sure what do you think about this one dr t morning
3: he's just happy to be here yeah. dr t can you hear us
0: we're having we are you a we're ha- yeah you may be on mute dr t we're having a problem um with the Clubhouse audio with people being able to talk on Clubhouse today. Oh, no. I think. Um, Can you guys hear me? Yeah, there we go. Dr. T, there you go. go. Yes.
5: Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Hear you perfectly. Yes, we hear you. All right. Well, my perspective is that don't invest in cannabis touching businesses. There are way too many of those. It's too, it's too volatile. Invest in non touching businesses uh, because there's a lot of work that needs to be done on legality or science, uh, quality assurance, quality control. The, the industry needs to shape up a bit. Uh, that's the better investment.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm with that.
1: I'm with yeah, that. I, I, I agree with that, Dr. T. That's
0: I think we're all we're on the same with page. That. Like, yeah. with
1: that. It's, it's just too much volatility right now. And, um, and I know we are not currently anybody on, on the on the team currently is not legally uh, um, a license to give advice. However, I'm saying like looking at the grand scheme of things, like why would you want to be plant touching currently? Like uh, nobody's making the, money right now. Even the, the only
0: advice I give, the only advice I give I really is do. short everything, short them all.
2: Listen, in an emerging market, like look at any trending market, not just cannabis, but anytime a marketplace is starting to come into reality, it's right. completely shaky, unknown for anyone to go dump hundreds of millions of dollars or even tens of millions of dollars into something right out of the gate before you don't, before the laws are even set in stone, mm-hmm. before, before you know municipalities in the entire state have considered accepting something. I mean, when every single facet of the globe is having to create some kind of regulatory framework for anything, don't go dumping tons of money into it, period. And, and I agree with Dr. Talleyrand, if you are going to put money in this industry, the best way to invest it right now is really ancillary businesses and politics, yeah. folks. Frankly, if you really wanna help us, if you really Ooh. wanna be impactful, Put your fucking, oh, sorry. Put your money into politics.
1: Yeah,
2: I could like that. do that. I like sure that. Maybe that. maybe
1: we should be lobbying for uh, this NBA money to be dumped over to the political side. How about we that? We absolutely impression? should. 100%. Can you imagine
2: the effect? Love it. How can you imagine the effectiveness in or the effective impact that all of these athletes could really make with their dollars and just their voices if they were to come on shows like ours and collectively say, look, we want this. We feel that this is needed. This is a right. This is a human right. It's not just, you know, we're demanding for the government to get it together. But like this is this has been proven time and time again that it literally helps people who are sick, dying, children with epilepsy, cancer, ADHD. I mean, you guys all know I don't need to keep Mm -hmm. going down the the list. But if all of these you know celebrities, these athletes would just put a small amount of their fortune into creating a global phenomenon and helping us establish it on a political level that is where they would be the most helpful
1: Points there
0: for man would, would, really would, 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 would we call that would we call that a collective bargaining chip right there
1: a chip yeah 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 we're
0: gonna go to a commercial we're
1: gonna be right back CBC uh-huh. Oh
0: you know what time it is that's right it's Tuesday over here at Green Street and we got Smokey Vanilla with us in the building so that's That's right it is time to stretch and smoke we just got done smoking now we're gonna stretch it out and then we're gonna smoke again let's
1: go I'm Smokey Vanilla with my background in kinesiology and bodywork massage and assisted stretching you got to come check it out baby Check me out on IG, it's Smoky Vanilla One, Stretch and Smoke. Twitter, Smokey
0: Vanilla, Social Club, uh, Stretch and Smoke. We're also on Sports Recovery by Dan and Jam. If you want to feel as good as I look, then make sure that you get a stretch and smoke in with Smokey Vanilla.
1: Yay!
2: That's my most favorite commercial. I can't stop
0: laughing. <laughs> if you want to feel as good as I look? You get... <laughs> Gretchen's dying over there. This is so good. This is a classic right here. It's fantastic. Oh, so, I need it. I need
3: some stretching. After lobby days, I need somebody working out the kinks. I'm dying. Uh-huh. Here. I
0: see smoky vanilla. She wants to smoky vanilla.
3: Jason, fire up the jet. Bring me out. I need some smoky vanilla.
0: We don't need to go on tour. gas up the jet, Gretchen. It's all about oh, gassing yeah. up the jet, okay? Because you're not going to fly anywhere without any fossil fuel.
3: Well, exactly. I'm too poor to know the difference. So, all right. Uh, Educate okay. me, Jason. There's no that. such okay.
0: thing as uh, electric jets. Just saying. You can't yeah, charge they them up. There actually, actually are, Jason. Oh, yeah, they are.
1: <laughs> they're <laughs> are jets. Stop they working it. it yeah, yeah, on are. Not, not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they working are. on it. Exactly. They're there. But up next. He's the industry's longest continuously operating retailer and self proclaimed highest Republican in the game. Also known for subsidizing oligarchy funded gas for his private jet, where he takes frequent trips from West Hollywood out to Mar a Lago. Come to the stage. Y'all know who it is. Jason, back. Oh, yeah. Happy, happy Friday, everybody
0: oh man do i have a story for you and man this is probably gonna trigger rico Uh yeah get ready for this Uh get ready for this true leave legal settlement comes amid scrutiny of racial bias in the cannabis industry is anyone shocked true leave cannabis has settled a lawsuit with a black former middle manager who accused the Florida-based medical marijuana multi-state operator in a complaint filed last month of paying her and other black employees less than white employees. According to records filed April 13th in the 2nd Judicial Court in Tallahassee, where a true leave is headquartered, the company reached a settlement with Brooke Bennett, who worked as a manager in the company's 200-person St. Petersburg call center from August 2018 to August 2022. Uh, Terms weren't disclosed and the suit was dismissed on Monday. But Bennett's claims came at a time when the cannabis industry continues to struggle to extend opportunity to racial minorities whose ownership of marijuana businesses and representation in C-suites are dwindling. Bennett's suit also highlights the struggles encountered by marijuana industry employees, particularly those from marginalized groups. In her lawsuit filed on March 14th in the Second Judicial Court, Bennett alleged that she received lower pay than less qualified white colleagues working in identical roles. Additionally, Trulieve allegedly paid black entry-level workers 50 cents less per hour than white employees. Moreover, Bennett's lawsuit alleged racial and gender discrimination as well as retaliation. Records show Bennett's suit filed after a Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission EEOC complaint. Um, is one of a bevy of lawsuits filed in Florida state and federal courts over the past years alleging workplace discrimination or harassment at Trulieve, the biggest marijuana company in Florida and one of the largest in the nation by revenue and maybe also two by federal tax debt. Um, at least seven lawsuits remain open, according to records. The detailed accusations in Bennett's lawsuit are the latest Racially charged headache for True Leave, which last summer acknowledged that a, a Juneteenth promotion critics saw as racist was culturally insensitive. In January, Florida-based Minorities for Medical Marijuana honored True Leaf as its 2022 Diversity and Inclusion Corporate Champion of the Year. Uh, Roz McCarthy uh, from the show and the founder and CEO of Minorities for Medical Marijuana declined to comment to MJ Biz Daily on Monday about the lawsuit in a lengthy statement emailed to MJ Biz Daily on Tuesday night TrueLeaf said it took the allegations of Miss Bennett's case very seriously however after a tough review we found she was the third highest paid employee in her department and that the raise dis- disparity was due to an administrative error and nothing more the company also made alleg- uh, allegations about Bennett and her and her attorney that MJ Biz Daily could not confirm Daniel Harrison Hunt, Bennett's Miami-based attorney, told MJ Biz Daily before the settlement was disclosed that Bennett, who's in her mid 30s, joined truly believing it could be a solid career for her and in a quote, "She really wanted to work for that company," Hunt said, "she believed in what they were doing. She wanted to make that her retirement job." But clearly under but but clearly the they underpaid her for what her value was. Hunt declined MJ biz daily's request for comment and statement and other multi-state operators are fighting similar bias allegations as well. In January, a black former employee of ascend wellness sued the company in New Jersey alleging racial discrimination. And in a quote, whether it's bribery schemes leading to charges as Michigan recently or hiring practices and work environments, we are seeing many of the same inequitable practices from traditional industries, uh, Premate the cannabis industry in such a way that continues to perpetuate the harm caused by the war on drugs, said Mike Lamoto, DEI manager at the Washington, D.C.-based National Cannabis Industry Association, which lobbies for small marijuana businesses. The potential good news is that we see corpora- uh, corporation starting to be exposed. Sal- Sal- Saline t- uh, Title, an attorney and former Massachusetts State Marijuana Commissioner, said she frequently encountered discriminatory practices when she ran a cannabis recruiting firm. And anecdotally, TrueLeave is currently one of the companies that I see the most complaints about from workers, she added. This could be due to its practices and or it could be workers feeling empowered to speak out when they see other workers across the country speaking out and being taken seriously. According to her lawsuit, Bennett who holds a college degree, earned $54,000 a year, working at Leaves 200-person call center in St. Petersburg, Florida. And as a manager, Bennett had access to payroll information. She discovered the company paid whites in similar roles, fifty-five dollars to $60,000 a year, despite doing less work than black employees, her suit alleged. The suit also alleged the company dis- discriminately s- discriminated systematically, uh, black support personnel earned $16 an hour while um, while, we're make, while others were making $16.50 an hour, the suit alleged. Whites were paid more because of their race, the suit alleged. And according to Bennett's suit, um, after she raised her complaints with management via a formal letter, she was denied promotion and singled out for public criticism by a white superior who did not speak to two whites in this fashion. Interesting. She was later uh, demoted before leaving the company and the marijuana industry entirely. In this email statement, truly defended its track record of promoting diversity, equality, and inclusion. And in a quote, with the industry's first female CEO of an MSO, the truly leadership team has doubled down and led the industry in our commitment to justice, diversity, and inclusion efforts. The statement noted uh, externally, truly has facilitated nearly 300 expungements for cannabis-related offenses, worked with minority partnerships in states, including Georgia and Massachusetts, where our investments totally nearly $30 million and more than 300000 in minority nonprofit partnerships. Well, man, this is a whole heap to unpack, and I really want to hear what you have to say, Rico, on this. See what you have to say today. That's right. This is Jason Beck reporting for Hi at 9 News. What?
1: I feel, I'm so I'm so triggered by this story. I told Listen. you, I told uh, you. I, I just I just love how leave is leave is saying that it it was a quote unquote administrative mistake. It was an administrative mistake that you paid black employees f- entry level 50, per, uh, 50 cents less an hour than all the white. Like how is that administrative mistake even made like, from the beginning? Like that's just that is textbook big corporate racist racism mm-hmm. from a administrative level. So um, like, I don't know the intricacies of this uh, of, uh, of this payout of this settlement. And I don't think we ever will know everything in its totality. But the fact that they did settle uh, on this, like it's not a mission of guilt, but, you know, at least this woman got uh, got paid at the end of the day. Um, uh, it's just something that we're going to have to deal with on a grand on a grand scale, because it, it, it just goes on in corporate America. Period. Mm-hmm.
2: And gonna, um, oh, go ahead,
1: go ahead, Mandy. Okay.
2: Oh okay. no, I was just going to lean into what you said about corporate America. You know, this this isn't this isn't just a uh, an issue for people of color. It, this happens with women too. I think even mm-hmm. Nick Bradley said somewhere in the notes that this is very common. There's actually been um, two companies in the California cannabis space that I have had some you know higher level contract roles with. And brought forth um, pay disparagement concerns because I was in a position to see what the different teams, team members were being paid. And there was a huge, like multiple tens of thousands of dollars in pay difference between men and women in the team. And these two particular companies were, um, you know, their executive team was from the traditional corporate world. So it's very interesting. Um, the practices that leak over, right? Um, in cannabis, we need to just do it better. We need to we need to change our old ways. The things that are taboo in corporate cannabis or corporate world are very taboo here, not just a little, massive. So people talk um, when you make corporate decisions like this as a company. If it becomes who you are as a culture, and word travels incredibly fast. So be careful about the decisions you make. They're not worth the extra fifty cents.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And this is this is why the conservative battle and uh, uh, calling out, quote, unquote, woke policies is. Oh, boy. Here uh, we go go with the No, it's it's, it's a big turn. It's a big big turnoff. That argument's a big turnoff for black folks who have been in corporate America, who have experienced this systemic racism. It happens time and time again. And, you know, with California's pay transparency law. Uh, um, hopefully like revealing more and more of these pay scales, a lot of this will be brought to light. Um, I hope uh, more people in the nation, more uh, states in the nation, like hop on to that so people can see like how much you're being paid compared to your uh, counterparts, be they white, black, brown, uh, male, female, however you identify. And so we can get some of that e- uh, equality when it comes to getting money from these big corporations who continue to pour into that foundation of systemic racism it's real it exists and um and then woke agenda uh be it as it as it is it it helps out black and brown people and women in the workplace
0: yeah i mean i believe i think it's 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 a shame that 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 this is going on um in, in, in all reality, uh, I, I do believe in equal pay for equal work. I'm not, I'm yeah. not you, you know, and, and, and I do find it extremely disheartening that and, and I don't buy for a second that it was a, a administrative error that all of a sudden all the black employees were <laughs> all of a sudden paid 50 cents less. Now, that, that's some straight up, straight up <laughs> BS. This right. fucking corporate jargon. What PR yeah, would
2: have let that exactly. go out? I mean,
4: come
1: yeah. on. That person I fat finger the positive. pay. Yeah.
4: I, have
3: a, I have a question. Not that Not that I'm going to start defending True Leave here. However, did,
0: did I, I, hear I hear a defense. I <laughs> hear a defense. However,
3: question. no, 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 no. Here's a question. Didn't, didn't the story say she was the third highest paid, or what was that reference, Jason?
4: Oh, that, was it, they're, they're that was
1: True Leave's
3: excuse. They were
0: saying
3: that she there? was
4: the
0: third highest paid paid employee uh, in her in, lane in in, in in her
1: yeah in her, in her, her similar yeah, job, and, job title right she, they, they didn't they, they didn't follow up by saying who the two people ahead of her were they could have been people that were just hired or just moved over to <laughs>
0: and i'm division. sorry
3: what what was her lane What what did she do there she, did it she, say she
0: worked at a call center okay she she, she managed the call center so I guess okay. if you had like a product or the problem with a truly product, you would end up talking to
1: someone that worked underneath her. That was paid more. <laughs> Only if they were white, though, Rico. go. According to the lawsuit, allegedly. Yes, uh, allegedly, exactly. Which allegedly is not dismissed. According to the lawsuit.
3: And so. we don't know how much they settled for.
1: No. Nope. It was private. No, nope, but we yeah. do know that it was settled on Monday. Yeah, private <laughs> settlement. So, all um, right. And, and for those, I hope, I hope it was enough. I hope it was enough to at least fund her or, or get uh, jump started her retirement fund uh, that she was hoping to get from True Leave. I just hope that much. I wonder if my minorities for medical marijuana
0: are going to resend her award that they gave. Us. We should ask for We should. Yeah, you know,
2: the only thing that I would give any kind of credit to out of this article was the fact that they. Somewhere in there, I think towards the beginning, it said that this was the company that had the most complaints, like HR complaints. They,
0: they did. That naturally
2: yes. happens when you are the largest company, too. I mean, when you're That's employing fair. that kind of people, yep. you've got to do apples to apples that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's see, yeah, I'd like to see the complaints that were bevied against Cureleaf in the same in the same uh, time frame. See if there is anything comparable to that. We should exactly. see. Exactly.
2: Let's also, keep this party
1: moving. Oh, go yeah. good Mandy.
2: Okay. I was gonna say, word of advice to any of the larger companies out there, grow with modesty. The haters will slow a little.
0: Oh, yeah. And on that, we are gonna go over to Gretchen Gailey. That's right. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and loves to dress her dogs in clown outfits that she believes that they like. Even though that we know that she has hypnotized her dogs into believing. That these clothes look good on them. That's right.
3: <laughs> Jason, back. You are out of your mind. I mean, I have, <laughs> Jason, back. I have. I have proof here. Can you? Can I, you I, I
0: saw. Point? I saw the video that you sent me this morning.
3: I know, but can you see both yeah. of them? Nothing. Sues of them. The savage yeah. beast. Uh, like pajamas. I'll, I'll tell you what. Love your, Salem. I, I, Salem. Uh, Salem. Say, hey. Say, See, not, they won't uh, even listen to me. No, they're you know so in love with their you know pajamas.
0: What? No, that is not what it is. That you've got them to believe that that the pajamas are a signal that they get to go outside. So that's why they're just Do laying they down right like there. They look like they're running outside.
3: They're waiting to go outside. Anyways, my yeah. babies. And, my babies uh, and love leo, pajama fridays and leo ran in the video
0: when you busted out the pajamas he too, was like he, he was away. running to
3: figure out where his were he was no, like he was hold on let me go find stop mine
0: stop it he was oh. running away from you like get away when you're all right stop lady. taking up
3: my time jason back i only have so much unless you want to <laughs> for a story
0: That's good. my Definitely headline
3: is gop congressman files bill to allow marijuana consumers to buy guns This is coming from Marijuana Moment. A Republican congressman filed a bill on Thursday's 420 Cannabis Holiday to protect the Second Amendment rights of people who use marijuana in legal states, allowing them to purchase and possess firearms that they're currently prohibited from having under federal law. Representative Brian Mass, co-chair of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus, reintroduced the Gun Rights and Marijuana Act on Thursday, one of the latest in a series of cannabis proposals to be filed in the run-up to the 420 Holiday. The bill, which was previously led by the late Representative Don Young, who mass replaced as Cannabis Caucus leader, would amend federal statute to make it so marijuana consumers would not be considered an unlawful user of a controlled substance if they reside in a state that legalized cannabis. As it stands, people who admit to being an unlawful user user of marijuana are barred from buying, possessing, or selling firearms a federal policy that's recently been challenged in several federal courts and deemed unconstitutional by at least two. No one should be forced to choose between their rights. You have the right to bear arms, and in many states you have a right to use cannabis, Uh, Mass said in a press release. Congress needs to legislate based on reality, and the reality is that those who legally use marijuana are being treated as second-class citizens. That's not acceptable. Government exists to protect the rights of the people, and that's what this bill does. Federal law enforcement doesn't actively screen gun owners for substance use, but a question on the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives form asks, would-be gun purchasers, are you an unlawful user or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? It is a felony to lie on the form. The gun and marijuana issue has come to the forefront in a number of federal courts over the past year, with the Justice Department being forced to defend the ban's constitutionality, especially in light of a U.S. Supreme Court case where justices generally created a higher standard for policies that seek to impose restrictions on gun rights. In February, a federal judge declared that the ban prohibiting people who use marijuana from possessing firearms is unconstitutional saying that the federal government's justification for upholding the law is concerning. DOJ is currently appealing that decision. I am glad uh, Representative Mast has decided to take back up this bill for the late Don Young. Um, and it's definitely a fight that should be on the floor of Congress. And giving the uh, right-side-leaning a House that we have now, I could see this easily passing. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News.
0: I love, love, love this bill. And shout out to Brian Mast one of my favorite congressmen out of Florida and Brian mass is a true, true, true American hero. Um, his, his story, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, bro, you never heard him tell the story of, of, of when he was uh, in Afghanistan and, and, uh, had, had an IED explode on him and, and, and his, his recovery from that, bro, that is is very, very telling story. Okay.
2: Well, I don't know if that has anything to
1: do with it this. It has anything
2: to do
0: with this as <laughs> well. <laughs> no. so, Brian, Brian Mass is Brian Mass's legislation and, and shout out to Brian Mass for introducing some common sense gun law for cannabis. Well,
3: and, and guns are a major issue when it comes to veterans. Um, and veterans are the ones who are, are really having to deal with this. If someone actually showed up and cared that they owned a gun.
2: They're both yeah. civil rights. Like we, we should, these, things are just yeah. should not even be topics of discussion. I mean, yes, rights. gun safety is a totally separate topic, but gun ownership is yeah. a right. We've well established this. It's it's we should, Yeah, we not should important.
1: not have to negotiate this our rights.
2: It shouldn't even be a topic that we have to discuss. It should be something that using weed doesn't make you a uh, murderer with guns you don't just smoke weed and go around and kill people
0: I, I will say this though too in regards to that form cannabis has no addictive properties in it so therefore i don't even understand why it says are you addicted
1: to marijuana <sighs> are you addicted to guns
2: no oh, doesn't ask, doesn't
1: want ask that. That or do you want to just go with that <laughs> we do have a doctor in in the building <laughs> anything is addictive
0: Come on, you know what, you, you know i said right, dr. That. T? you're in the room dr Talleyrand, you know that's exactly why
5: i said that mm-hmm. well uh thc does have some uh, uh molecular explanation for why it could be addictive and cbd sort of blocks that addiction but anything can be addictive even water so it's really a behavior not yeah. about it, it,
0: yeah it's more if you have an oral fixation right I'm, dr t say
1: yeah,
5: oral. It's, it's this yeah, habit hard. of doing something over and over again that causes harm uh, Exactly. And you can do many things that way yeah it's an oral fixation
0: that's the addictive side of weed <laughs> <laughs>
4: Including oh, buying guns.
1: you could be addicted to buying guns and uh, that could be a huge huge, huge negative thing for the community around you, can it not?
0: Well maybe if you can't pay your rent or can't pay like for food for your
3: kids, then yeah. Just, Omar, yeah, the, yeah. all right, all right, let's get back <laughs> on track here. Oh Omar, gun rights for <laughs> cannabis for medical patients. Is this something you come across that you have to deal with much?
0: You're on mute, Omar.
3: Looking good though.
0: Yeah, I know, okay. Fresh here, out of court.
4: Hear me? Thinking, what? Did we hear you
0: did you me? win? Yep.
4: Okay. Yeah,
0: did you yeah, so client- I've come
4: across the issue in court before and usually like in the context of someone getting somebody getting like their penalties enhanced for having guns. And so I do raise the First Amendment defense. And that's the context that it's come up with for medical cannabis users, where the sheriff wants to withhold concealed carry permits for somebody who wants to, you know, do that. I don't know if that's really necessary after you know, recent Second Amendment jurisprudence that basically says you have a right to keep and bear arms wherever you feel like, which I think is misguided because muskets existed at the time of the revolution and the founding of the, of the country. They didn't even have bullets back then. You had to manually load the musket each yeah, yeah, time. The, and that was the state of technology. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. so, you know, that the, the uh, f- framers did not conceive of assault weapons. That was the technology that was unbeknownst to them, and they probably would not have had the uh, posture that, you know, we're going to just resign ourselves to mass killings because people carry these kinds of weapons for no good reason. And these are not hunting articles. These are really specifically uh, designed to kill people. And if you're such a, you know, people who are like super in favor of the Second Amendment, I always ask them, like, where does it stop? Do you have a right to a bazooka? Do you have a right to a nuclear weapon? Do you have no. a, a right to wipe out the world just because you're unhappy and you just want to end it for everybody?
0: Rocket launcher, yes.
2: for Christmas.
0: Rocket launcher, yes. Flamethrower, yes. Bazooka, yes. But nuclear weapon, no. That could
4: light a lot What about of
0: dirty bomb? Dirty bombs is not a gun.
4: It's a form of armament and oh,
0: dirty bomb. Dirty bomb is not a firearm. I
4: want a
2: though.
0: cannon. Shout, well, shout my question is,
4: what kind of of uh, weapon of war would Jesus choose? Yeah, what, of weapon what, of war uh, would Jesus choose?
1: Hey, are we are we talking about are we talking about mainstream Jesus? Or are we talking about weed Jesus? Who are we talking about here, Omar? <laughs> Two different lifestyles. Follow up question:
4: but. Who would Jesus bomb? <laughs>
1: Who would Jesus smoke? on everybody because no one. Listened. <laughs> we're,
4: all right. I think we're
3: pretty much off the rails here. I don't disciples. know where we're going with this discussion. This is all right. Next. Now I'll teach you to ask me
0: questions. Oh uh, Yeah, here we time. go. We're going to. Omar's gonna make- high <laughs> off
3: his day <dang> in court. Easy, <laughs>
4: Omar. Omar, easy, Omar. Did,
0: did, did, did your client win? Did he get to walk free today?
4: Yeah. Injustice delayed its justice. And to that extent, my client did very well today
0: amazing amazing i love that i love that yeah well that waving of time that's right we're going to go to a commercial we're going to be right back wave it some more time
1: keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state local and federal governments is key to success when the future of your business is at stake you need representation as dedicated as you are with a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis hemp and psychedelics knowing where to begin can be a challenge Good thing, the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at Um, A quick quick oh. note on that
0: last comment, uh, Omar. Uh, Crystal in the chat, she says, Jesus would use plagues. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: I, think, I think, yeah, I think that, that's pretty fair. But whatever you're doing right now, make sure that you get over and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Make sure you hit that like button on the show. Make sure you are participating with the super chats if you can. We really appreciate that a lot. And make sure that you head over to our website and check out all of the articles. You can read them, send them to your friends, you can tweet them, you can do all of that fancy stuff. Make sure that you get involved and participate on the website as well. And we're going to go right back to this nice commercial control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the DAB. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE Pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated
1: Oh, yeah. This OG industry doctor has written more Rex than a best-selling author pushing dinosaur novels. Get it? (laughs) Writing Rex? No? No? Uh I get it. I get it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) He's the founder of MediCan and co-founder of CESC, a nonprofit cannabis research organization. Coming to the stage is Dr. Jean Talleyrand.
5: Thanks, Nico. Uh, funds are illegal in my household Uh, happy friday everyone i hope you all had an enjoyable 420 celebration uh yesterday i attended hippie hill in san francisco's golden gate park thousands of people had gathered to celebrate cannabis whether it was for lifestyle or health reasons erica badu the grand marshal of the event had the crowds Dazed, but not confused. Put your weed in the air, she shouted, as the clock struck 420. For a lot of us, this is our medicine. The crowd was enthusiastic, but peaceful, as thousands of people gathered without alcohol and without incident. There was even a health and wellness area where people received massages. Shout out to our tent neighbors, uh, United uh, players, a group of community activists who were solving gang and gun violence using the slogan, it takes the hood to save the hood. Um, I was there promoting our research, a study sponsored by Fort Dispensary in the Castro neighborhood of San Francisco. The study called the dosing project is on the dosage safety effects of community accessible cannabis products. But my story today is from clear across the United States. It's a sponsored study on the great work being done by Organic Remedies, a dispensary, a group of dispensaries in Pennsylvania in partnership with the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. The researchers have sidestepped the problem of access to schedule one substances and moved forward with cannabis research. Organic Remedies first started sponsoring study in 2020. One study is on the health related quality of life of patients who qualify under Pennsylvania law to use medical cannabis. Over 400 patients with no previous medical cannabis experience enrolled, seeking treatment for chronic pain or anxiety. The study focuses on how life changes over time using cannabis, not only in terms of individuals' health condition, but also their social functioning daily activities, work-life, and interpersonal relationships. Interviews with the study participants are ongoing and conducted every three months. A couple of papers have already been published from these sponsored studies. One looks at a sub-sample of the population with obesity and noted that after three months of medical cannabis use, no one had gained any weight. Um, Recruitment is underway for several other studies. One study is recruiting people with opiate use disorder who are also living with severe pain. Dr. Michelle Lent, director of psychosocial research and associate professor at the medical school says, we believe this may be one of our most important studies to date, given the opioid epidemic and the treatments currently available to those with opioid use disorder. There are other studies described in this article, including one focusing on autism behaviors that examines repetition, aggression, cognition, sleep activity, and independence of people with autism. Another study evaluates the pharmacokinetics of nanoemulsion C and CBD capsules. A third study looks at the relief of nerve pain, and a fourth looks at the use of cannabis in nursing homes. Instead of complaining of lack of access to this for clinical studies, these scientists and the organic remedies dispensaries go all in, sponsoring observational studies that provide evidence for the medical benefits of cannabis. It seems to me that many other cannabis dispensaries could be doing the same, especially the high-profile dispensaries and multi-state operators selling products without study. To repeat, Erica Badu's words. For a lot of us, this is our medicine. This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand for Hyatt Nine News.
1: <clears throat> yes, indeed. Thank yeah, you. right.
0: Lots of good stuff in there. Lots of interesting studies. Um, I'm with you. I think cannabis events. You have very, very minimal issues in regards. You you don't have a lot of. Uh, what you would have with alcohol related <laughs> events as far as incidents. Like I've seen <laughs> get dehydrated at cannabis events and maybe even possibly faint. But other than that, you know, you splash a little water on them, give them a couple smacks in the face, and they're going to be all right. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I would like to actually comment on Dr. T's story. How about the obesity? Uh, which I hear about... about the obesity part? No, I, I want to applaud <laughs> my home state of Pennsylvania. Who ever since legalization has truly leaned into the medical side. Uh, When they first set out setting up the state, they put aside eight licenses that went to universities for research and did not care that it was federally illegal. They said, we're going to do the research and they have not been penalized. The feds have not come after them. Other states need to be following their lead and working with dispensaries and growers in their states and do the research. So when Congress shows up, we need data. We got lots of data. I know we have lots of data from before, but this is research that's going on now in our legal markets and other states need to follow Pennsylvania's lead. And we need not to forget the medical market when we are pushing forward. Everyone pushes so hard on the alt-u side, and I get it. However, medical, every, everyone's a medical patient. Uh, we really need to be preserving that and the data and the science. That's what's going to win our arguments when it comes to congress when it comes to policy is the medicine that's what we need to lean into
1: all you
0: uh,
3: big
1: shout out to john Fetterman uh, yesterday uh with the uh with the, with the picture that he took with the uh was it his 420 somewhere you see that picture that he had up Maybe i did see up.
3: his picture yes
1: I know you. I don't. I know you don't want to give him praise because he's a because he is a liberal and everything. No, I, don't, it's I don't
3: not, No, I, I'm not. No offense, Rico. I don't I'm, know if that picture is actually from yesterday because I know he is still at uh, Walter Reed. He has not been so, discharged so yet. It, so. it,
1: it was his body double. Is that what you're saying? No, uh, no I'm old, saying it's older, from before,
3: older, and they just posted <laughs> it for 420. Not not that there's anything wrong with Fetterman. Uh, he <laughs> was uh,
1: wrong Body double. He's a
3: big proponent of Pennsylvania cannabis and where it's gotten to. I'd like to see Pennsylvania cannabis go further. Um, Absolutely. There are a number of restrictions still in their medical markets, but Pennsylvania says we're going to be medical and that's what they're leaning. At. They, well, number one, the legislature can't get beyond trying to figure out how to do adult use. They suck at so, that. So first, um, I have a question.
0: Since what, Pennsylvania what? doesn't allow for flower consumption. Do
3: they, they do they, allow they, for flower.
0: They, they do? Yes. Yeah, they do. And when they initially
3: do. legalized, they did not. But okay. since they have since allowed for flower.
0: Okay. All right, that was, that was my question.
3: And you know, that's how they first got it passed, was not allowing flour. They well, had to well, do what they had to states do.
0: A lot of states did that in the, in the start of their medical vote. Right.
2: Yeah, Gretchen, I actually really appreciate the fact that you brought up the um, research licenses uh, because what doesn't make sense to me is that there's so much research that can be done and needs to be done on this plant and, and its effectiveness for so many different things. And yet, even still here in California, we're what a little over five years mm-hmm. post-adult uh, use. And yeah. we still have many m- municipalities and counties that don't allow any sort of cannabis operations whatsoever and yet have universities in those mm-hmm. localities. And so I just think that that would be a beautiful toe in the water opportunity for those locations to say, okay, maybe we don't have you know dispensaries and grows and all of that here, but let's start with research. Let's at least- They gotta research the
0: green corn. <laughs> That's what the all weed out there, green what corn. I, Dr. I half Talaman.
3: agree with
1: you, Gretchen. I half agree
0: with you. Oh,
3: okay, I can't wait the to half. what half you do what agree half,
1: with. First half or the second half? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, like, yes, I believe like the research should be had and like, like all that, but I don't think you should have to wait for the research uh, uh, to move forward. I think you should move forward. And um, if, if things go bad, then you do the research because we've been doing this for generations, for hundreds and thousands of years. So I, I really think you need like a ton of research before you start passing some laws for this. Like you're, you're taking away people's rights before you uh, uh, before you have the evidence to say otherwise.
5: Well, I, we, we, we would have been done by does. now if we started back when this all was legalized. Right? We we mm-hmm. would have been done. It would have. You know, we would have gotten all the evidence but instead we spent our time trying to get recreation pushed and our money and our efforts. Now we've got industry issues. Um, Applause to Pennsylvania. They're doing it the right way. I completely agree with that. Yeah. (sighs)
3: Dodger
1: T.
0: Yeah. They're doing it the right way. Just not
1: as fast as for everybody else that wants to move a little faster. More about ripping the bandaid off than the slow pull, you know? they're ahead of california they well,
3: passed you...
5: california
1: <laughs> right yeah, but you know what, what?
3: done for california what are you but, are but, you serious
1: expect california flower to be hidden the, the the drawers of a pennsylvania resident near you soon because we also reported this week that pennsylvania has no product for their people they can't even supply product to the people so. well, true, and that, they do
3: need some work on their growing however.
1: And, and uh, so, on that, they're, they're too busy doing research rather than getting people legalized and get them licensed.
0: They got to research it first to make sure they can safe for their. Right. their is this, is this gonna...
1: safe or not? Uh, how are you going to find yeah. out if it's safe if you don't smoke it first? I, I don't know. Yeah.
3: All right, when it comes time to curing cancer, Pennsylvania is going to get it done, and you can just keep uh, smoking in your treehouse out in L.A. Already being done. <laughs> My <tree Yeah>.
1: house. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to go
0: to commercial. We're going to be right back.
5: How's it going, guys? Saman Rezani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
0: Oh, yes. Coming up next it is Mr. Omar Figueroa, whose new book, Whose new book you can. Oh, let me see. It. Oh, if I do it like that, can you see I it better? Oh, yeah. So intrusive. man. Yes, he sent he sent it over here to Mar-a-Lago. It made <laughs> it through. service, <laughs> And I totally got it. But I have my signed copy of his twenty twenty three book, California Cannabis Laws and Regulations. Everything you need to know in one comprehensive book for cannabis to make this all happen. It is Mr. Omar Figueroa, and you can get yours, too, on Amazon or anywhere else you buy books online.
4: Thank you, Jason. Happy Friday, everyone. Um, You know, my story is from, I think, uh, NBC News, and the headline is, Conditions are Frankly Abhorrent. Valley Cannabis Workers unionize for Better Wages and Benefits. This is from Phoenix, Arizona. April 20, or 420, is one of the biggest shopping days for marijuana nationwide. While Valley of the Sun dispensaries were packed Thursday morning, a group of cannabis workers gathered for a press conference to push for more benefits for the everyday cannabis worker. These types of workloads have doubled, tripled, quadrupled in size, but the wages, the benefits, and definitely the security did not match, says bartender Nick Fredrickson. A tender is essentially a bartender for weed. They provide recommendations and check folks out when it is time to pay. Fredrickson said he usually sells about $5,000 worth of products a day. And it's almost sickening to find out that I'm making $15 an hour, Fredrickson said. No commission, no real benefit program. It takes years to go full time. Fredrickson is part of the first group of workers to unionize at a dispensary. The union held a news conference Tuesday, claiming that many workers make around minimum wage and often are hired as part-time workers to allow the business to avoid paying medical benefits. Conditions are frankly abhorrent, Frederickson said. Experts in the industry say the wages are typical for the industry in Arizona. They see it's an industry with tremendous growth and lots of money circulating. When they enter, they realize it's Home, Depot, Home Depot-like. Ordinary wages, said the head of the Arizona Marijuana Industry Trade Association, Dimitri Downing. Downing said a driver in the lower wages is because of supply and demand. More people became interested in the growing profession, growing the potential pool of workers. Combine that with the state's limit on the number of dispensaries through licenses, potentially limiting the number of positions. Businesses will always try to get the best deal. It's just the nature of businesses. The headline is, Conditions are Frankly Abhorrent, Value Cannabis Workers unionize for Better Wages and Benefits. And my take is, if it wasn't for unions, we wouldn't have weekends or overtime or even worker safety. According to the Gallup poll conducted in August of last year, 71% of Americans now approve of labor unions, which is up from 64% before the pandemic and is the highest Gallup has recorded on this measure since 1965. For better wages and benefits, unionize. This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher, and Gangier instructor reporting from Sonoma County, California, the traditional territory of the Pomo, Miwok, and Wapo nations for Hyatt 9, High Noon Eastern.
1: Unionize, Jason.
4: Yeah. No, yeah. Jason I mean, loves unions. I'm
0: not, not I'm not a big fan of unions. Jason is a I buster. A you think a bartender
4: buster. Should, should make commission if, if they hit above a certain target?
0: No, I just I think I, th- I think people can can treat their employees better um, and ju- ju- just do it and and, you know, I feel like a, a lot of times for employees is is a way for them to like, oh, yeah, we're going to get the we're going to take it to the man because we're going to unionize and da da, da, da da but at the same time, the union doesn't really, you know, doesn't really take a lot of their take takes too much of their power for what they what I feel like they give up.
2: Again, Arizona, like millions. they're an emerging market. And, you know, I'm always preaching when you have an emerging market, go slow, right? Go slow. Be, be conservative. You can always spend more. You can't spend less. Right. Um, and I think Arizona is trying to do that. It's a fine balance when you're starting a cannabis business. And there's this very big misconception that all of us are very wealthy, that we just have oodles and oodles of money to pull salaries from. And, and it's not like that. It's a fine balance between keeping your staff lean and and really, truly trying to manage the growth of your business—it's not easy. And people, if you're coming to the cannabis industry right now because you think you're going to get rich in the next two years, you are sadly mistaken. And I don't care what you're in. You don't, you don't, you Omar, don't care what do
1: you these think NBA that players are doing? <laughs>
3: Omar, do you think that the unions are going to get a second life in cannabis? Do you think that's what's really going to bring back the teamsters?
4: All these Depends folks who love their union goals. jobs yeah, I think it really depends on what kind of results they bring to the workers. You know, if they're just taking union dues and not really providing any benefit, like, you know, uh, some employers say, then of course, they're not really going to gain traction. But if they're really organizing effectively and making life better for everybody, which includes management, I think that would be a good future for the union. So I think, Unions have to rethink of what kind of value they provide. It can't just be about taking union dues and then, you know, doing nothing other than like the basic contract. That that part, Omar, that part, that
1: part. I I just think, yeah, I I think that as Mandy, as you said, you know, go, go slow if you're in an emerging market. Um, I think these big MSOs and everything, they, they should have nothing but unionized workers, workforce. Um, they have too much money and they're going fast and they have the ability. I mean, we saw what happened with Cureleaf. We don't know all the details behind the scenes, but, you know, they skirted all of these regulations and New Jersey was trying to punish them. And just two days later, they rescinded that punishment and they're allowed to operate because it's going to hurt the community too much. If, if, if they don't give them licensing that is that not textbook definition of too big to fail, you know, in a small market, right? Like, so yeah. If you are too big, in fact, too big to fail, then you should be unionized and have a unionized workforce, in my opinion. And we're going to go to Mandy, Rico. Let's do it. All right. Up next, we have Carmen Sacramento herself. Taking trips from Sacramento, California, down to Mar-a-Lago, out to Los Angeles. Who knows where she's going to be next? She is a firm supporter of women in the industry, showcasing that you can be an executive, you can be a mom, and you can get things done on a regular basis. Coming to the stage next, it is the Edibles Judge Extraordinaire herself <laughs> for the Emerald Cup, Mandy Tinkler.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. I'm still stuck here at Mar a Lago. This is definitely my my last day here. Can I go they, after they, this? It's, it's <laughs>
1: the heart out your chest too. It's they never Mar-a-Lago want to leave. Here. You're now heartless. <laughs> okay, guys,
2: it's Friday, and you know how I love to wrap our show with something on a really good note. So I got one for you. This one comes to you from MJ Biz Daily. And did you know that we are now spending more money on legal weed than chocolate? How's that for us? Americans now spend more money on legal weed than they do on chocolate. And heck, we spend more money on legal dope than we do on chocolate and craft beer combined, believe it or not. According to a new report by MJ Biz Daily, Americans spend about $30 billion on legal marijuana last year. That compares with roughly 20 billion spent on chocolate and 8 billion spent on craft brews. Almost two dozen states now allow sales of weed for recreational purposes, and 19 more <laughs> allow sales for medicinal use. Legal cannabis sales are still dwarfed by sales of tobacco products, which last year totaled about 53 billion. But tobacco sales are still steadily declining, whereas marijuana sales are still rising. By 2028, according to MJ Biz Daily, sales of legal weed could reach 57 billion. This is extraordinary when you think that it wasn't so long ago that Americans were buying their pot from dealers rather than dispensaries. Yet illicit sales remain far more prevalent than legal ones. Whitney Economics estimates that three-quarters of marijuana sales in the United States still take place on the black market. That's because to get medicinal and recreational use approved by the state governments, high taxes are part of the equation. Those levies are so high, however, that it leaves plenty of room for growers and dealers to cut themselves in for the bulk action. It seems clear that states have to revisit their marijuana taxes if they want to compete with and shut down the black market for dope. And friends in Washington will eventually have to accept the new reality and stop treating weed as being akin to heroin in terms of severity and addictiveness. Strict federal rules for marijuana prevention are prevent legal dispensaries from working with banks and credit card companies to facilitate transactions, forcing legal weed to be on an all-cash basis. That's got no one's interest. If nothing else... The fact that the legal cannabis, that legal cannabis is now more popular financially speaking than chocolate says definitely how Americans feel about the drug. Lawmakers get in line with how your people are feeling. This is Mandy. Happy Friday, y'all. This high at nine news, wrapping it up today.
1: I know we're a little over time, but yo, like how much of that, how much of that chocolate was infused? Well, that just that
0: just adds Ooh. to the weed sales,
1: Let's right? It adds <laughs> that, to the weed sales, but does it add yeah. to the chocolate sales? Like, are you counting that on the chocolate sale side or on the weed sales side? Yeah, because I
2: mean, we're counting bulk. Yeah, because because
0: all these people, all of these um, cannabis companies, aren't chocolatiers, too. Exactly. Of so course, they they're chocolate, so they buy the chocolate and then they resell it. Who's fact checking the fact checkers here? Oh God, here we go. Here we go. I think <laughs> I, I I like this story. I, the fact that uh that. You know, I mean, I think it's going to be better for MBA players to invest in cannabis pl- touching plant touching businesses than it is to invest in chocolate businesses.
1: Now we're going to have an epidemic of uh, diabetes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not all chocolate is bad chocolate.
4: And like, I, I, <laughs> like this I, think I know, like, Mandy,
1: this I know. Tell you what, hey, I feel, like, I feel like 420 is is going to
0: be like ultimately competing with uh, you know other big chocolate days like valentine's day and mother's day isn't it already
2: i love getting flowers well if you're that's what i'm saying <laughs> if you're uh
0: if you if, if if cannabis is you know people are already spending more money on chocolate i mean once once people are spending more money on cannabis than on than on flowers then you know what i'm saying um, then both of those holidays are technically all 420 holidays
1: every day is 420 man every day is 420 mm-hmm That was was an excellent story, Mandy, and a sweet note to end us on for the week. Thank you all out there for tuning in with us for yet another episode of High Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us the feedback on the daily headlines of chaos known as the developing cannabis industry to our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respective opinions to the conversation to our production team cloud media partners house of fuego jaja simone holding us down over in clubhouse everybody behind the scenes and to all of our sponsors thank you for keeping us running in our av struggles to a minimum and to the haters out there it's 420, man. I hope you guys have a weed hangover that science says does not exist. And we ain't got to hear you until Monday. We'll see you then. In Cannabis Sativa L, the reason why we show up every single day, we will continue smoking you, eating you, and all of that good stuff. What do you, what do you call it? It's not bestiality, but, you know, um, when you're doing stuff to, to, to plants. <laughs> 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 that's I'll what we're doing I'll with like you, you Mary right. Mama you. <laughs> it's Friday April 21st 2023 the show is over you've been, all been blessed with the week's top industry headlines hope is enough to put in your pipe and smoke that until Monday until then we shall see you and Mandy
2: Yes, sir. Carmen
1: Sacramento you got the final word what you got for these good people at home
2: make it a wonderful 420 weekend the holiday doesn't have to stop
1: yeah, Jason.